Just as a warning, this episode does contain callback jokes to episode 105 because we recorded them on the same day. We're talking about Fatal Attraction. Watch out for your noggin. Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 107. Listening to Drinks with the Doll, a podcast way station for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. And we are talking about Fatal Attraction and Yay. not the creepy movie. Yay! Yay! Yay. I like this episode. <laughs> we all know why Stephanie likes it, but go ahead and tell us why you like it, Stephanie. Ow, ow, ouch! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no, I'm not that's kidding. That's, what, that's partially why I like it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna keep singing a stripper song. Exactly. I, 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 I'm in it for the nookie to make a lip biscuit <laughs> way, way long ago. <laughs> no. Okay. So this episode, it's sexy. There's a sexy sex scene. And I like that when I was watching this episode, I didn't figure out where the plot was headed. I probably should have guessed it from the title, but I did not see the, the Jenny twist coming. And I like how in this episode, there's not really an innocent party involved. I mean, the closest I think would be Samir, but even he cheated on his wife. But you have Olivia, who tries to attack people, and then Jenny, who both thinks is the innocent, but really isn't. So I like that there's a lot of gray area here. It is, as I say, everybody's the worst. Yes, everybody's the worst in this episode. Mm -hmm. Annie? I like all the fight scenes, again. And I'm sitting there going, oh my god, Jenny's a frickin' serial killer. How is she not caught with all her head collection? Must have been a really good serial killer that had a lot of counteractive CSI measures or something. Anyway, that was my thought <laughs> at the end of the episode when it came to the Jenny plot. And then, of course, Lauren in that leather jacket. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's such a weird collar on that jacket, but I don't care because Zoe Palmer makes it look so good. But that's not everybody can pull that off. Do I have to say it, Annie? Do I have what? to say it? I hate that jacket. <laughs> Fashionista. I knew she'd say that. I I've hated that jacket, but it's grown on me. And it's the collar. You're right. I don't like that collar. It's a weird collar, but... It's a weird collar. She's so sexy it is weird, in that scene. I don't, I don't, I don't mind her. It took me some getting used to, but when she says, I, you know, I'd rather not be on the end of a drunken succubus booty call, I'm like, I will. And then I'm like, wait a minute, not me. Lauren, you have to be on the end of it. What is wrong with you? That was what I screamed at my screen last night. It was very fun. Annie is just making a meal out of these small <laughs> moments between Bo and Lauren. Nothing, nothing so new. No. <laughs> Annie is like off the rails today. <laughs> I am. I thought it was a really solid episode. I appreciated, like you, Stephanie, I didn't see the end coming. Like, I, I didn't know where it was going to go, because very often watching these sort of whodunit kind of things, like halfway through the episode, I'm like, oh, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> and that didn't happen in this episode. And I appreciate that. Mm hmm. Although I, I should have had a hint because Jenny's like, my bag. And she takes a bag that's big enough for a, a body to hide in. And I'm like, what the hell? Why is she so stuck on that? And she comes home with the bag. And I'm like, why is she carrying this huge ass bag? So that clued me, you know, it didn't clue me in, but it definitely was a red flag when I saw it because I'd forgotten about Jenny being the culprit because it'd been so long since I'd seen this episode. But yeah, that, that plot twist didn't come to me right away either. 
She needs a bag that big for noggins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a small moment, though. I feel like they, they put it in there so that on rewatch, you think, oh, of she course. takes the bag, of course. Right. But it, so much is going on, you don't really notice it, I don't think, when you're first watching the episode. I did. The I was first like, time? The first time, Jenny? Or, you're not Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am Jenny. I am a, I've got a head full of noggins, just because I've been stuck on the word noggin today. You've got, you've got a I mean, head? Well, I've got a shelf heads. full of noggins. I, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> I like My noggin is just like not straight a today. head with bunches of heads inside of the head. I have a head full of noggins, but, <laughs> yeah. but I don't like to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so what's something specific about the episode you liked, Stephanie? As I was watching it this time, I was reminded that at the very beginning, because it starts at kind of in the at the end of the episode, right? It starts with the mm-hmm. big explosion, which, by the way, I think was them being like, we're spending a lot of money to make this thing blow up. Let's use Let's it twice. twice. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But I, I liked that they, they showed us that, and then it cuts to where we see Bo moping in bed, and there's no title card or something that says two days earlier or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I like make that really they respected obvious. the audience enough to get it. My dad yeah. always gets confused when they do that. <laughs> no, seriously, well, I, it starts I've off met your and, dad. I can totally like, see that. <laughs> if somebody like blows up and then like they go back to something else and they're like sitting at their desk, my dad's like, "What just happened?" <laughs> I know that's my dad too. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't always do it, but he does it a lot. I was reminded there. You know the episode "Crime Dog" of Wonderfalls. Yes, great episode. It starts similarly where we see something later and then it flashes back. And they made them put in those title cards in the final edit because they were like the audience will be confused. And I always thought no, they wouldn't, but apparently some of them would be. And now you know. Now I know. <laughs> well, I think it's funny that I love how the skulls fly over and hit the car and everything, and I'm like, oh, that's a total Evil Dead reference. As is the oh, chainsaw. Is it? Well, just okay. to me, any any time you see skulls flying out, you know, it just makes me giggle because it makes me think of that series. Something really silly and over the top like that, which shows up in Xena too, of course. Of course, not like the skulls wouldn't be incinerated and wouldn't go flying out like that, but of course they will. So, and then they get to make a joke about noggins. What is? <laughs> what is Bo or do they? Dyson say? <laughs> I don't know. They say something about, or about a woman scorned, or I don't know. Rejection. They make a joke about, about rejection. rejection. Yeah, yeah. But I would have made a Bo joke says- about noggins. I would have made a joke about fried black noggins. So, I don't know what that joke would have been, but I'm sure I could have come up with something. So, I have a question. I have a question. Guess, guess, yes. Miss Stephanie? Okay. Yes. How does Kenzie's popsicle not melt all over Ksenia's hand? Magic. Possibly resin. <laughs> it, it's it's, it's clearly like, a real popsicle. It's it's Canada. It's cold there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like the ice cream in Groundhog Fay. It's like there's a lot of stand-in ice cream cones, and there are a lot of stand-in popsicles. I'm sure for every shot. I guess shot. that's it. I guess that's it. It just remains remarkably unmelty. I figured it was multiple popsicles, but even in the span of how long we see like an uncut segment of Kenzie, I feel like it was, should have melted more, but maybe they did have the temperature turned down really cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, sets are cold anyway. True. To accommodate the of, lights. Because of the but, lights. But yeah, how it didn't melt under the lights then, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Because there are hot sets with those lights, but Senya did say those first few seasons, they'd be shooting in that cold tin warehouse and she got pneumonia. So maybe it was colder and it was hotter. So. But I always like am worried that popsicle is going to drip onto Bo whenever I watch that scene. And in the ear, in the ear, Kenzie. I don't like Kenzie in that scene. 
I I've liked her. In, I, I, I had that in my head when I was watching this scene again, and I'm like, what's wrong? I liked her. She's persistent. She got her out of bed. I find I, her obnoxious. If I were Bo, I would have not have liked it, but I thought it was funny from <laughs> well, an outsider's Well, that's what Stephanie means. Stephanie's mm. identifying with Bo in that I scene, I think. But I am. I, uh. That scene always makes me really appreciate Bo, because <laughs> Bo's so patient with her. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, considering considering that Kenzie's basically a yippy puppy. Yes. <laughs> during the whole well, scene. It's almost creepy Kenzie, the way the shot tracks Kenzie, and she's like crouched on the edge Staring of the bed. Staring at Bo? Like, I know. Sleeping? And I'm like, whoa, Kenzie, I thought you were a best friend, but you're a little creepers here. Or but or are you just being, like I said, a, a, a really overeager puppy? Yes, she is. She howls even. Yeah. So I think, oh, yeah, I that's think right. calling her an overeager puppy is good. But I do like how that episode kind of points out how much of a, especially season one is a real coming of age story for Bo, because mm. Kenzie has that moment where she realizes that Bo has never faced rejection before. She does make a really great face. She's like, Stephanie <laughs> 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 so just made the face and it was great. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of how young Bo is in terms of relationships mm-hmm. and just, I mean, she may yeah. be a street savvy, but it's like, there's a lot of things she hasn't experienced in life because she ran away from home. And I was that totally... Uh, made that point with me that she'd never been rejected and well you know, just the circumstances of her existence you know yeah she's not used to being rejected because as she says in it's a fey 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 world I'm, I'm used to having the effect on people where people are attracted to me because i'm a succubus even if i didn't know what i was i do th- think even though i find kenzie obnoxious in that scene i do think there are some really cute Bo and kenzie moments in this episode yeah. well because they go out and they beat up a car together yes <laughs> I love that scene. That is something that makes me happy. We're yeah. switching into happy things now. I will declare that a happy thing is the breakup boot camp. Yes. And that, that Kenzie calls it that. Again, her lines. But where do you think, how did she know about that car slash five? <laughs> did she call her cousin? I'm betting she no. called her cousin. Well, look at where they're living. They're living in a crack shack. I'm sure there's a lot of abandoned cars around there. You know, it's not exactly the best neighborhood. That's true. Maybe it's off in the, a field behind the clubhouse. Exactly. With a beautiful view of Toronto in the background. <laughs> That's fair that they could just have seen it on their travels at some point. Yeah. yeah. Kenzie made note of it. We might need to beat that up later. Yeah. It's like, yeah that, could exactly. be, that could be useful. You, use it for parts. A dude something breaks like my that. heart. Scavenge it for parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, what kind of car is that? It's a cute little car. It almost looks like a I small know, car. But I didn't recognize it. it. It wasn't a model that I recognized. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Later, I will. I will show my dad. It, oh, still that's the true. My vehicle might and, know. and my dad will <laughs> maybe know. If anybody I know would know, it would be my dad. Or if anybody listening knows, tell us, people listening. There you go. I don't know if it's specific, but in these first few episodes, I really enjoy seeing the beast. Me too. I was noticing I miss that too. the beast and it being driven and being used, and we don't see it too often anymore. We don't. I know. So, I love the trivia that Seth Cooperman had about the beast. The rust is painted on, so it's not totally actually rusty. By the way, I have zoomed up on shots of it, and it is a Camaro, not a Chevelle. I know. We clarified that in an earlier episode. Okay. I got confused because of the SS on the front, but apparently that stands for Super Sport, so it was on yeah, a lot of Chevy sports car models. a lot of models of both yeah. of those, yeah. But yeah, you see the yellow beast for the first time in these early episodes, and I love that mm-hmm. you get to see it used, and Bo's driving it to save Kenzie, and I'm like, I miss the beast. 
I really like, as, as we mentioned in our guest stars episode, I really like Olivia in this episode and her sisters as well. And I love that they are seen driving a car with a license plate that says Fury Us. <laughs> <laughs> or it could have been Furies Are Us. That would have been a cool play on it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Furious, Annie. Yeah. Get it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she was just offering an alternative. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, from Olivia, I especially love when she's ranting crazily, and she has that lucid moment where she says, I didn't kill my husband, and then she follows it up by screaming, I ate his braids with the tarragon sauce, but he did not die. <laughs> that's what I she said. I couldn't think about you. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't understand it either. I was like, I was going to turn on the captioning again, but I had it on and off, and I was looking at Lauren anyway, so I didn't care. <laughs> I'm so shocked, Annie. <laughs> I just like the specificness of I ate his brains with a tarragon sauce, but he did not die. Yeah, but she didn't like kill it. him. Wait, so did she eat the brains after? Wait, no. the head wasn't found. <laughs> she didn't eat his brains. That okay, was that I, I was just of. curious. Okay, that was just bananas ranting coming oh, yeah, from that's, that's true. Olivia. Yeah. I also like when Hale sings Olivia into the police car. Yeah, because you get to see the range of Hale's abilities, which we. Well, we can say, sadly, don't see very often anymore because he's past tips. But, yeah, I like... Is that the first time we see him use his powers? He no. uses them in the first episode to knock right, right, out right. Bo and, and Kenzie. Kenzie. Okay. But that's, uh, you, you know, that's a, like an offensive way. And this is a, a, just a different use. You get to see more of a range of what he can do. Well, and again, it's a play on mythology of how the Furies are like these three chicks living in the suburbs and... You have the siren, who's a male siren, luring the, luring the Furies. So, you know, in Xena, the Furies are like three wild chicks dancing in, like, scantily cat-clad clothing in front of Ares, and of they course. drive Xena crazy. But, you know, I like to see them modernized in this type of show, so. What about you, Annie? Any other things that made you happy? Bar flirting! <laughs> Just. Uh, that didn't That didn't sound like bar flirting for a second. It, no, it sounded like something different. Oh, I'm afraid to ask. Bar flirting. Uh, That's better. Yeah. Uh, I just wish that, I always wish that Lauren had stayed for a drink. You know, she kind of toys with the glass and then just walks away. And it is very sweet, though, how she says to Kenzie, take, you know, watch out for her, even if it's very clear that Kenzie doesn't like her. And it, it's, we've talked about this before, how Kenzie has met Lauren at some point off screen, but obviously didn't like her. It's be interesting to see, to fill in the gaps, and, you know, you wonder when they met. But we know Kenzie has a dislike of doctors and hospitals, so. And she could probably sense at that point that Lauren and Bo have a thing. I might, who knows? I can, anyway. So, she, and she's kind of still on Team Dyson. I don't know. I know you guys don't care what I'm talking about, but. <laughs> I just kind of lost where the trade was going. It, it jumped a track at some point. <laughs> it did. <laughs> she admits it. I did like the the scene at the bar of especially Bo and Kenzie just being sort of silly and drunk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, my favorite moment is when they first sit down and Kenzie's like, yes, start a tab. And Bo says, just one drink. And Kenzie kind of leans into her and is like, really? Come on. And Bo relents and is like, okay, maybe two. <laughs> and then next we see them, they're wasted. Wasted. Yeah. <laughs> the start of the infamous Kenzie tab. You'd see the origins of it. And she steals the bottle of buckthorn mead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's another thing. I loved 
Kenzie's reaction to the the threesome going on above her. Oh yeah, the cereal. <laughs> the ceiling falls into her cereal. And she gets and this total sad face. She's like, no. And then she just pulls out the booze. Yeah. <laughs> I do uh, like tend to like the ridiculous sex noises off screen <laughs> scenes. Yeah. They're just funny to me. And and I will say like. Samir's sex noises sound really aggressive. He's like really grunting in the face. I'm like, what is he doing exactly? You were you were listening to this earlier, right? Yes. Rather than I mean you weren't watching, you were listening. No, I watched this oh, one. Oh, okay, okay. This one I watched. Never mind then. Oh, you just But I was watching with headphones, so okay. it could be that's why yeah, I didn't I didn't notice or didn't really think about it. Oh. I was mostly chuckling about Kenzie's Kenzie. reaction. Well it, it's they sound kind of like uh, <laughs> that was your turn to grunt. <laughs> well, he's, he's going to grunt, you know. So it's it's hard for a guy's noodle noggin, whatever, to keep up with two women sometimes. Noodle. <laughs> well, maybe it was a noodle. That's why. That's why he got killed. <laughs> I think this might be time to stop. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Oh, I guess I will say, lastly, I really like Bo in a bedsheet eating an apple. Mm-hmm. That's it, cute. It was, she was cute. Yeah. She looks really pretty, and there's something kind of, I don't know, a little biblical reference maybe, to have the sex duck suc- succubus gnawing on an apple. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, she looks really filled and happy, because she just fed, so. But I, I have to say, I like, because it's early episode how it establishes the sex scenes and you know again as we've talked about michelle loretta said there's no slut shaming and it's just it is what it is it's really cool to see how this threesome is just established and to see it on screen and again it's it's just it's not something i think you see a lot without you know oh it has to be demeaning or whatever it just it is you know all parties consent so it's usually like oh this person's going out of control they're having a threesome yeah yeah but this is clearly Anne Bo goes about her day, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Because at first it seems like Bo's like, eh, I don't know. But then she's the one who leads them off and says, my place. So she takes control of the situation. And of course, The Boys Want a Beer is a cool song. I like that song. Yep. Good song. Canadian. Oh, really? Peaches is Canadian? Yes. I don't think I knew that. I didn't know yep. that. That's cool. Because again, their Pretty sure. use of Canadian artists. That's cool. Oh, so we almost forgot to talk about the Dyson subplot. Yes. And the reason I almost forgot to talk about it is I don't really care for it. (laughs) Fair enough. But Dyson in this episode, he's feeling torn between his duties to the Fae and his duties to Trick and his responsibility on the police force. And he's sent to a psychiatrist because he's angry. And it it just is so familiar. And yeah, I find the subplot kind of boring. You know, it's one of those things I I get why they did it, but at the same time... Yeah, it feels a little, I don't want to say superfluous, but yeah. we can kind of, we can do without it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say for Dyson's storyline, it I did appreciate seeing that he seemed to be feeling pretty badly about went down what went down between him and Bo in the previous episode. And since I thought he was a jerk face, I was glad to see that he seemed to feel like kind of a shit heel. <laughs> Am I editorializing maybe a little bit? Probably, but... But it's still true. But I, I think I agree with he you. He seemed to feel bad, right? Yeah, I think so. Which good he I should. Know. I know exactly. What did you think of the scenes between him and the shrink? Doesn't it feel kind of standard? It's very tropey. 
It's, yeah, it feels like, oh, it's Elliot Stabler. Oh, wait, no, it, it's like every cop going to a therapist. All cops are resistant to going to therapist. Why is that? I would like one TV cop to be like, therapist? Sure, why not? It could be helpful. It takes a little bit to get there, but watch Person of Interest. <laughs> what? That seems to be your remedy for everything. Like, oh, watch Person of Interest. Have you seen Person of Interest? It's a damn good show. No, just as I said, though, with, with Dyson, that, that storyline, it's very familiar as we were saying yeah i, I think i think chris holden reed is fine in it mm -hmm. oh i guess this time through i i looked i was like oh it's janice beckwith who's playing his boss in this episode oh right mm -hmm. the actress who played janet janice Beth beckwith over on orphan black you're trying, I'm drawing you're a blank on her name. her name but she's in this episode as as dyson's lieutenant this time and I like that she's Jean Yoon. There you yes. And I, I like that she kind of curses at him under under her breath in in a language that is not English. <laughs> Korean maybe? I don't know. Okay. I, I never got familiar with such things, which my dad would probably be irritated with me for, but he never taught me. <laughs> I do kind of like the line, you haven't been deducing shit recently. I, I do kind of like that line. It's a good line. Yeah. But Dyson it's fine. The, the storyline is fine, but I just kind of want to fast forward through the scenes. It's nothing you haven't seen before. Exactly. So there are some thoughts about Fatal Attraction. Please send us your thoughts or, or thoughts about our thoughts, <laughs> if you're so inclined. You can send them to us in a number of ways. You can leave a comment at drinksatthedoll.com slash 107. You can email us at feedback at drinksatthedoll. You can call us at... 972-514-7223. Or you can leave us a voice message by clicking on the leave voice message button on our website. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Chris. And I'm Stephanie. More documents, suck, drunken, sexy booty calls. I got that out right. My name is Annie. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.